Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm here with another incredible guest, Eric Stock, outfielder now with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, just had a few lessons tonight. Which, uh, just trying to make a little bit more money, more money uh, before spring training. So, uh, but I'm excited to have uh, you know be up here with you. Yeah, I appreciate you taking some time. And uh, your journey is incredible. You were one of the leaders on the UConn baseball team last year that made it to the Super Regional. Um, just out there playing hard, grinding every single day. Uh, but for the people who don't know you, just tell your journey and your story from your perspective. So just the whole the whole backstory, basically, of getting yeah. to UConn and everything. So uh, at a high school, um, it was sophomore year. Right after it, I committed to Old Dominion. Um, so I love hitting coach there, uh, Carl Nonemaker. My mom still actually talks to his wife because she actually took care of their baby because she works at Old Dominion too. Um, so I was there for my first two years, literally right before the day before I was going to step foot on campus. Um, he called me and he said uh, that he got the job at Auburn. Hmm. So he's, he's an assistant coach there now, still there. Um, so, you know, first year, um, went there as a two-way. Yeah, just still trying to figure out my swing, figure out everything. Um, January, first bullpen back, probably like January 5th, 6th, um, felt something in my elbow uh, during bullpen. Uh, I knew something was up with it. I mean, I've had a few sprains, but, um, you know, I, I kind of found my way through it. I remember we went to the doctor uh, probably a few days after, took an x-ray, everything, said nothing was wrong, but... Uh, you know, my velo dropped probably like seven or eight and I'm like, yeah, like something's yeah. going on. And I remember telling my parents and the doctor, I said, uh, I, I can feel like a little, a little bump in my elbow. And it, it kind of felt like a little rock in there. Uh, come to find out in June that it was bone spur and it mm. UCL. Uh, so I had surgery then, um, after playing first base after, uh, Vinny Pasquantino is on the Royals now, yeah. uh, got hurt. <laughs> So I, I played first base after he got hurt, uh, did well, made all-conference freshman team. Um, you know, rehab was, was brutal, really tough. Yeah. And then sophomore year, just started getting less and less playing time. And then uh, I ended up entering transfer portal. Um, basically, so I was thinking about it earlier today. It kind of came full circle for me. Um, I got to UConn by sending out an email. And I got signed by sending out an email too. So wow. I mean, it, it's kind of funny how <laughs> things just work out like that. Because I remember an email out to Josh McDonald, who pitched the coach at UConn um, during their regionals. You know, I, I didn't expect anything from it. Uh, within five minutes, he responded to me. They were in the middle of a rain delay out in Oklahoma. Uh, he was <laughs> like, "Hey, he was like, hey, uh, when we get back, we will 
uh, set up a, a visit. I visited literally next week, went out, came back same day. I was like, yeah, like this is where I'm going to go. And basically from there, that's how it went. Um, it's funny that our hitting coach, he said, he told Mac, he was like, yeah, we don't need another hit. We already have too many. So basically I went up there as a PO um, and then just hit in the fall and just hit in the spring. And it's where I'm at today. So, man, that's wild. I have a lot of questions based on that journey, but I mean, I, I'm a Royals fan, so we interviewed yeah. Vinny Pasquantino not too long ago, and they yeah. become like Old Dominion, basically. They're manager, yeah. Old Dominion, Ryan Yarbrough, Sion, they just got everybody from there. Absolutely, yeah. I don't I don't know what it is, but so, also, too, with the Cubs, because I know P.J. Higgins yeah. was there, and now he's yep. on the D-backs. Uh, Jared Young just got called up this past year, and then um, Bryce Windham and Big League Camp with him as a catcher, so. Yeah. It just seems like those two teams just love the Monarchs. For sure. Yeah. Hey, someone's got to give them some love, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, any mid-major, yeah. you know, give them some love. That's for sure. Yeah, I did baseball operations at the University of Nevada, and, like, those guys were constantly trying to find ways yeah. to get up. And he's like, yeah, Mountain West is kind of a decent conference for baseball, mm-hmm. but still no one was getting looks out there compared to, like, <laughs> to your Pac-12 and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so your injury is just awesome. Like all, all the adversity you had to come overcome through through injuries and things like that, and then making the transfer and like kind of seeing how you took the initiative to really reach out to UConn and get into that role. And yeah. it, it's fascinating that you went over there as a pitcher, right? And then now you became one of the best hitters on the team, and you became mm-hmm. like the leader and the captain, basically. Kind of yeah. talk about that transition from pitching to hitting, and kind of what led you to to make that transition one and to two, like really take ownership of that leadership role as well. Yeah. So I think it's just two completely different sides of the spectrum, hitting and pitching, Um, you know, pitching it's, if I don't strike everyone out, you know, I, I feel like I had a bad day. Like I could throw a no hitter. I could throw 26 complete, like perfect outs and then give up a walk or whatever. Um, Like pitching, I was very, um, I guess like, perfectionist with it because it I mean even a ball would mess me up like I I would try to dot up on the outside corner I'd miss and then I'd it would get in my head a little bit but hitting I I just feel a lot more comfortable with that and I think that's why I kind of was able to do that a little bit easier because you know there's one pitch in that bat you're like all right like that that was a really good pitch but I'm gonna I'm gonna get back in there um and also too there's it's just you on the mound against everybody else but as a hitter it's nine of you guys against one guy so yeah I kind of feel like that team aspect kind of like helps out a lot more for sure um and I feel like that kind of like helped me kind of become a leader this year because uh I batted second most of the year so I said if David Smith doesn't get on here like I'm just going to start it for the rest of us all season and most of the time he did get on so it made my job a little bit easier that's for sure just got to move him over, hit a double, you know, drive him in. But, um, yeah, for sure, like, the leadership role, I definitely wasn't thinking about that when I went to UConn, for sure. Yeah. I, I felt like a freshman again, honestly, because I didn't know anybody there. New locker room. Um, <laughs> brand new locker room, brand yeah. new coaches, brand new facility, too. I, I didn't know anybody up there. Um, but it, it really was a probably the best experience for me because, you know, just two different sceneries. Um, you know, just being close to home at ODU, which is 20 minutes down the road, being nine and a half hours at UConn, it felt like I was more on my own. I had to take more ownership, more accountability for myself. 
and it, it really helped me grow. So I feel like that kind of helped me on the field as well with the guys, especially, um, you know, it's just trying to, you know, boost them as I'm trying to get better. Because at that point, they didn't know anything about me. Coaches really didn't know much other than, you know, my email and stuff. Yeah. So I, it felt like every single day I had to prove myself, like, again and again and again. That's kind of how it felt this past season, too. Um, but, you know, going to UConn didn't think I would get a leadership role. Um, but then this past season, I, I kind of felt like I was, you know, like the leader of everybody, I guess. Uh, just lead by example. I don't really say too much. Like, I don't really yell at guys. Yeah. Um, except for one time, it was a 6 a.m. lift. I remember our, our um, strength coach was like, hey, like, this drill isn't for anything other than just, like, discipline and listening. And we were on that deal for 45 minutes. And then, you know, it's 6 a.m. I'm not really a morning person. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of, like, blew up on everyone. I was like, can we just get it right one more time? Like, like I'm, I'm getting tired of running everywhere for <laughs> 45 straight minutes. And yeah. then right after that, it was there. And then I feel like that kind of kind of helped out. So. No one likes the running drills. Like, well, as soon as you have to go, and everybody's out. I mean, just hearing your journey, though, like this is why we kind of started the podcast, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you can look at the numbers of players. You can look at the statistics and things like that. But you don't really hear the story behind those numbers, yeah. right? And so, like, to hear your story about how you had to go and come over, overcome the adversity of, one, an injury, but, two, like trying to find a place to play and actually reaching out to teams and having to go and find that place, uh, having to transition from pitching to hitting. Like no one knows that behind, like everybody's like, Oh, let me look at this guy's numbers. Basically yeah. that's it. And so like, there's all these other aspects and elements that go into like developing a player and who they are and like to find. And I think that's maybe why the draft getting overlooked and things like that happened. Cause people are like, okay, let me look at the data, let me look at the analytics and that's uh, no one hears the story that, that, what led you to get to where you are mm-hmm. exactly yeah, yeah like because this past season i put so much pressure on myself uh so it really felt like i couldn't enjoy the season as much as i yeah. wanted to i mean we were winning and i was happy with that but um i really knew like this was my last shot to you know prove to scouts and prove the teams like I, they should take a chance on me basically so it felt like because i was batting 400 whole season Georgetown and then I felt like I just lost my swing overnight like um I would get a barrel but like feel like completely different yeah. than normal and it would just be right at people so by the end of the season I was kind of like really struggling with myself mostly because uh, I put so much pressure on myself because like I said like I'm I'm 23 at that time and it's my last full college season uh you know I just wanted to be as good as I possibly could and you know, I, I was enjoying winning for sure, yeah. but if I was going like 0 for 5, it didn't feel like I helped us win at all. And that was basically the big thing that I wanted to do was lead everybody. You know, I, I wanted us to, I wanted to lead us to Omaha for the first time since like 1972 or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, sadly it didn't work out that way. And, you know, kind of just focusing on just trying to get to that point, especially trying to bring people with me to get to that point it felt like I, I really couldn't like live in the moment I was always like what's the next step at what's the next pitch what's the next game so yeah. that, that was really tough for sure but you know looking back on it um I, I really do regret that but I mean I wouldn't change anything for the world especially yeah. with that team that was the best locker room I've ever been a part of yeah, I mean, I, I got an opportunity to cover you all there in the regional because um, I live out in the Maryland area, so I went out for Prospects Live to cover that regional. Um, talk about, like, the success, because you had a ton of success during that regional. And 
I think a lot of the the knocks that probably come in the MLB draft is like, oh, Big East pitching. That's the reason yeah. why that goes with yeah. the arms you're facing. But talk about like having success against the arms that you're facing. Like on Wake Forest, you had Tenny McGraw, you had Red Louder, yeah. all these guys are like considered potential first rounders. Mm-hmm. And you look at Maryland, and you got Jason Sabagul, and you got Nick exactly. Dean, like all these guys who are potential draft picks, Ryan Ramsey, like all of them. So yeah. talk about like how that helped build your confidence to have success against those guys. Yeah, so, I mean, also, too, going back to the year before, um, I went four for four off Gordon Graceffo, who this past year was <laughs> yeah. Cardinals prospect pitcher. Top 100 guy now. Yeah, and Nick yeah. Slack, who got drafted by, I think, the Mets uh, out of Xavier. So I felt like in the moments where, like, hey, this is like a high-level pitcher, you know, he's got really, really electric stuff, I always felt like I'm that good, too. You yeah. Know? I'm never going to look at myself and say like I'm not as good as this pitcher like he he can beat me so it felt like I really stepped up in the moments that I had to against those pitchers especially because I don't want anybody being better than me like <laughs> I, I the worst thing that I could ever do is strike out like yeah that, I hate that so much so that's why against these guys like you know I, all I do is PR scouting for it I see how they pitch um, and then once it's game time like that, I just trust my instinct and I'm, I'm just ready to go. So I, th- I think the big thing for me is just don't think, you know, Yeah, I uh, love like that. said, that's for sure. He was like, you can't think and hit at the same time. So I take that into every single at bat. So that's why I kind of talk to myself, uh, when I'm in the box, because I remember I saw Mike Trout do that on TV and I was like, I, I might just start trying that. And then it, it worked for me. So I was like, I'm just going to keep it going. Yeah, you think about it too. Like each pitch is opportunity reset. So like you miss one, you got another one coming. So exactly. you got another opportunity. Um, that's awesome. Before I kind of roll into the last couple of questions, I always ask every guest. I, ha- I have to ask too because now that you're transitioning into professional baseball, you reached out to the Seattle Mariners, got an opportunity there, which is absolutely incredible. Um, talk about one, what it was like to actually finally get that contract signed, and two, like what are some of your big goals here going into your first probably spring training, minor league spring training, things like that? Yeah, so, um, you know, going into it uh, after the draft, obviously, I was super upset. Uh, I don't think I left my room for a week, probably. Um, But I mean, I I really did debate on just quitting baseball completely because I was like, if nobody wants me now, is anybody ever going to want me? Um, so for two weeks, I was really struggling with that. And then I'd say probably it was like mid August. I said, you know, what? I'm, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to make it. So, um, I, I started up a Google sheet. Uh, I would go type in whatever team. So like, let's say like Orioles, um, front office. And then I would just go down the listings because, um, I, I actually DM'd, uh, Michael Stefanik of the angels because <laughs> I, I heard that he did the same thing and he responded to me right away that's cool um so i was like hey like what did you do how did you go about it he's like just put together a baseball resume hmm. um and then he basically told me like i guess like the secrets of it he was like try first name dot last name at whatever organization <laughs> and then if that doesn't work try first initial last name and like i would go down the order a lot of them would bounce back because they were the wrong address so I would just keep keep on going. Um, and then I remember I got my first one. First response, I think, was from the Marlins or something like that. You know, it, it was cool to actually, like, see someone read it. Yeah. But obviously, you know, they, they were like, uh, we don't have room right now. I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, but it took probably four times through the order over and over and over and over. 
um, before I finally got that call from the Mariners. Um, so I, I think I did the math and it was like, I hit up 732 people <laughs> or something like that. You need to get like a cost contact program for you. Just yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Email. <laughs> yeah. For every, every first of the month, I would go back on my computer, go down the order again and just send it out. Um, and it turned out more and more people started responding, but um, it was the week before Christmas. Uh, I think it was, it was December 18th or 19th, I think. Um, I was on my way to do my baseball lessons as usual. I got a call. Uh, the, uh, the Mariners um, player personnel director, um, he called me and, you know, he was like, hey, I saw your email. I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so he said that. And he was like, I've been talking to people all day about you, nothing but good things to say. Um, and I was like, all right, like, that's the good news. But I'm, I'm so used to the butt at this point. I was like, yeah. it's like where's the negative? And he was like, so we're going to extend a spring training offer to you. And I was like, at first in my head, I was like, I don't think I heard that right. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, all right. Like not really thinking at all because I'm, I'm driving, I'm focused, um, and it seemed too good to be true. And then he said it again. I'm like, like this is this is actually real. Yeah. Um, so at that point, it felt like a thousand pounds was just lifted right off my shoulders. Because yeah. up until that point, I was debating on I don't know if I'm going to do indie ball um, as a pitcher or a two way. And then right then, I was like, all right, like this is perfect. Uh, like that was the best um christmas gift i've ever gotten for sure i'm sure um and then the the tough part was waiting for that contract to finally come through because <laughs> he said so i think that was a thursday he said you should get it by friday or saturday i was yeah. like all right um and then friday saturday went sunday came i texted him i was like hey uh still haven't gotten anything and he said yeah our um our front office guy is on vacation and i was like <laughs> at this point i've been yeah. waiting six months of of course i'm gonna have to wait four more days longer <laughs> um, but i finally got it that monday and i signed it and i'm so relieved um but it, it was actually really funny because i remember i i after that call i was like i want to tell everybody but i'm not going to trust it until i actually sign the paperwork yeah um, so literally for four or five days, it felt like I had a sneeze basically in my head. Like, and I just wanted to like let it loose. Like <laughs> I had to wait five days to finally like let everyone know and actually sign the paperwork. So, I mean, I, I guess it only makes sense that I had to wait just a little bit longer. Yeah. Cause like, you don't want to tell everybody. And then all of a sudden, like next thing you know, rugs pulled out from under you. And you're like, Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. That, that's what I'm saying. My biggest thing yeah. is telling people everybody's <laughs> super excited. And then I, I never get it. And I'm like, all right, well, I just told hundreds of people and now I have nothing. Yeah. I remember like covering you in the regional too. And I was like, someone's got to give this guy a chance. We're just yeah. watching you out there play. And I was like, someone late round, someone can easily take a flyer here. Yeah. Cause in the 10th, I actually got a call from the nationals. Uh, he was like, Hey, put your name in. Uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. Obviously nothing happened. Um, but you know, at that point I was like, all right, like people are actually like looking at me. Yeah. So that's why, that's why this year going into it, I actually, um, last year when we had to make our gloves at school, I, I made sure to put pink on my gloves because I was mm. like, 
if they're not going to notice my like stats and whatever else, they're going <laughs> to notice a guy with a pink glove. That's for sure. Love it. Yeah. So I, I, I did everything I possibly could to get seen and, you know, it, it finally worked out. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's it's just incredible to hear your journey and kind of where you got and how you're getting that opportunity in this shot with the Mariners, and it's going to be awesome. And I definitely can't wait to watch and uh, see you kind of try to make it to, at that next level as well. Um, but kind of going to the last two questions, I always ask one fun question and kind of one yep. serious to end it. Um, the first one is, like, what's the go-to restaurant in the hometown? And every time you go back, you got to go to it every single time. So the go-to for me here, we used to have a Cane's. I love that place. Mm. Um, so I'd say I love wings. So yeah. I would all, so around here, this place called the Dirty Buffalo. Love it. I always get, I always get it. Probably sounds wrong. I always get the dirty chip. Um, so it's basically a bed of little potato bites on top of its mac and cheese. And then I get three chicken tenders on it. That's um, amazing. You can't go wrong with fried chicken and mac and cheese. No, like, no, there's never. there's like thirty flavors for the for the wing. Yeah, I like a little bit of spice, but not too much because I, I like to enjoy my meal. Yeah. So like sometimes I remember I would go a little bit too high, and I'm like I I don't like this, but like I have to eat it. Yeah. Um, but then there's also another place called Perfectly Frank. Um, that place is unreal. They have great shakes. Uh, I love the cookies and cream. <laughs> and also too, they they do a burger, egg and cheese on like it's kind of like a McGriddle, but it doesn't have the maple in it. So it's kind of like a mix of a McGriddle and a Texas yeah. toast type deal. So I remember at ODU we would go there once a week at least. Yeah, gotta get in there. That. And it's super cheap too. I mean, I think a burger is like two, three bucks there. That, so, that's not when you're in college. That's definitely the move. <laughs> oh yeah, it's high calories for a little yeah. price, and that's all you need. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, kind of going to the last question, I always kind of leave with a serious one, too. It's like, so for us, we want to really showcase the human beings behind the numbers for the fans, but we also want to be a, provide a, a resource for future athletes who might be going through some of the same things that you are. And, I mean, your journey is incredible of having to overcome adversity through injuries, having to really kind of find your way and utilize every resource that you had personally to get to where you are. Um, but So if you had one piece of advice for, like, that next athlete, that next baseball player who's really trying to make it, uh, what would that one piece of advice be? I'd say don't rely on yourself only. Like mm. it, it takes, what is it? It takes a village to raise a kid. Yeah. yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. Cause I, I went to a sports um, psychologist one time and that gave me a world of, of just change. Yeah. You know, meditation I did uh, whenever I'm struggling, it's, I, I still go back to that, that she sent me that little SoundCloud link um, mm. just so I can get the negative thoughts out of my head, just so I can visualize exactly what I want to do. Um, so, you know, just, Utilize every single possible thing that you can. Uh, coaches, teammates, um, your parents, like friends. Anything you can do to take your mind off the game, away from the field. But then also, too, you know, just just be close with the people that you want to be with and make sure that you, uh, you just use everything possible. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you think about it. Even the best in the game use the visualization. Click yeah. Kershaw's out there every single day in a bullpen pretending to throw. Not pretending, but he's visualizing what he wants for success in order to be out on the mound. And, I mean, it's awesome. But, Eric, we can't thank you enough for joining us. This has been such an incredible interview. I can't wait for this one to release and for everybody to get to hear your story. Uh, we're wishing you nothing but success and uh, really looking forward to following along this season. 
Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This is awesome.